see how this plays out. So you guys that were paying attention, you could tell me when to stop on the slides to see if I get to the right spot. Um, if you brought your Bibles or if you have a mobile device, you could turn to Acts chapter three. It's in the bulletin. And so Acts chapter three, and uh, if you did not receive a bulletin, there's some on the back tables. And we just wanted to continue to look at um, what Dr. Luke was saying to his friend Theophilus and how it can apply to us in everyday life. The sermons are uploaded to uh, the podcast. One thing we were not able to do, uh, Sandy Johnson last week did not really use the microphone, so we did not record the audio. So I could upload it, but it would be a silent uh, video. It's not even a video. It would be a silent audio, which doesn't really do a lot. But anyway, so we do that. Uh, we do have... Um, the offering bags, people are continuing to give online. You can always uh, drop them off at the chapel campus or mail them there as well. Uh, we do have a uh, amount that we're going to present to uh, Jen and uh, her daughter that's going through cancer treatments. We thank you for your generosity and allowing us uh, to do those things as well. Um, and to get involved, we're looking at doing something for the school here. There's 66 employees, so we want to give them a Thanksgiving gift. And uh, we're just trying to figure out what to do. We did thank you cards before, and maybe that's something we're going to do, where after church we just hand write a thank you card to one of the teacher staff faculty here and just present them with maple syrup, whether it's a $5 gift certificate to a uh, Casey's Bagels or whether we just present uh, bagels to them two Fridays in a row. We're just trying to uh, communicate to the school. We're grateful for them. And as you walk the halls, you might say like, man, they teach different things in this school than I grew up like learning. And that's, well, good that we're in here so we can pray, we can remember, we kind of have a bit of a pulse on what's taking place in the school so we can uh, really reach out and just encourage people as they're trying to lead and make decisions that we uh, can lift people up in prayer and just let them know that God is for them as we are as well. But as we look at Acts 3, we go to verse 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. This is something I made that joke that you don't want to bring your friend on this Sunday where it says repent and turn to God because they would say, oh, that's all you care about. Well, not really. I say this as a joke, as a joke as a joke. Um, so I was looking at this other church website, and on the front page of the church website, it says, make your donation here. That's on the first thing you see when you go to the church website, make your donation here. So I guess churches are known for make your donation here or repent and turn to God. And not that they're bad, but I don't know if that's the first thing we should be known for, but turn. What direction are you going? Where is God telling you to turn in your heart, to turn in your spirit, to turn in your obedience, to become more like Jesus? Is there something that is driving you to say, God has a special plan in your life and he wants you to turn, to make an adjustment, to follow him? You will find, if you cheat ahead and look at the bottom of the bulletin in the center, there are four specific words. The first word is turn. God has a promise for us if we turn to him. This word turn, it actually means to return to turn around, to turn back, to turn from. It also means to return, according to the Greek. 
It means to return to your first love, to return to uh, your creator, to return to the one that made you, created you with a special plan for your life, a plan that you get to choose the direction, but with a plan where God says, return to me, repent and return to me. Revelation 2, 4, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You forsaken it. You abandoned it. You uh, threw it away. You have left your first love. And God is saying, no, I want you to return to me. Forsaken, to abandon, to leave, to cancel this cancel culture. Sometimes we've canceled the fact that God uh, wanted me to become like him. When I was a child, I went to Sunday school. I went to vacation Bible school. I went, so I don't know why we use school so much. Maybe that's why people don't go to church now because it was Sunday school, vacation Bible school, summer school, and nobody wanted. But uh, we, we have forgotten how we were raised because oh, when real life hit, it didn't match up. When I was a kid, it said uh, I was taught that Jesus would always be with me. When I was a teenager, I went to a, a, a function in a great camp and felt this emotional high, and I really felt like I'd always lived life at the mountaintop, but now I'm facing a real struggle, a real battle, a real concern, and I don't know what to do. I know Jesus is with me, but I want to make the correct decision. What do I do? I'm going to re or deconstruct my faith, and then I'm just going to forget how I was raised because it doesn't make sense now. And I think for Christians, for us, don't forsake your first love, but know that God is using it to turn us to face Him and to become more like Him than times of, than times of, than times of, than times of, will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. What happens, well, if your phone doesn't start, you try to refresh it or a hard reset, that typically works. At least in my opinion, some people have to learn after a while to just hard reset your phone, Jay, and it's going to work. But if you are <clears throat> looking for an email or you're looking for confirmation or you're just trying to get something to come around, you just hit refresh. It like it updates. It brings it uh, up to date. It brings it close. It's like the most relevant, the most frequent, instead of just saying like, well, this happened way back here. And there's grace, Jay. There's grace. And so it's just thinking like way back, this happened. We need to refresh so we don't cancel what happened. So if you refresh what's taking place now, you know that the faith you grow up in the faith that was taught in Sunday school, the faith that said Jesus is the answer, you refresh it so you see Jesus in the middle of the crisis, you see Jesus in the middle of the concern, you see Jesus in that broken relationship, and you see Jesus bringing you refreshment, bringing you his eyes, as we talked about, as we saw at the Wednesday Life Group, that once you turn, you return to Jesus and you refresh. He refreshes you. He gives you strength. He gives you joy. He gives you comfort in the middle of great turmoil, for he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things. He must remain in heaven. This is like, no, Jesus, you need to come back now. I need you now. Don't you see what's going on on this planet? I need you now. Perhaps you're a student, a freshman even, first semester perhaps, at college. And you're just like, no, I would like to come home. No, I would like to uh, start my career. No, I would like to... Well, you need to be like Jesus and he must 
remain in heaven until the time. You perhaps might need to remain in that job. You might have to remain in that home. You have to remain in that situation until the time comes for God to do what he wants to do, for him to send Jesus back to us, for us to understand we need to remain in a place where we can grow, we can be nurtured, we can just have the surrounding uh, people around us to help us. We need to remain for a little while longer until the time for the final restoration of all things. As God promised long ago through his holy prophets, God promised that he will never leave you. He won't forsake you. He's not going to turn his back on you. God promised that you are going to make it through. God promised that he has the best, that God has something better, that God has a plan for your life. God promised this in the ancient Old Testament that we think, man, that's an old book and it's a long book. I don't want to read that. But those are where we find the promises of what God said. And now through the New Testament and now, even today, those promises are happening. It's happening. You have to wait, but they are happening. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. When you read the Bible, not just the red letters of Jesus, but for this uh, sake of illustration, if you open your Bible, if you have the Bible app, some you can choose the red letters of what Jesus is saying. And it's listen carefully to everything the red letters say. Don't just read over it. Don't just peruse it. Don't just say, oh, that's Jesus. That's good. But when you read the Bible, you can listen intently. You can see how it applies to your life. Listen carefully to everything Jesus, the prophet that Moses told you about, is coming. Listen intently. Or is it, well, Jesus said that in the New Testament, but this is 2022. Well, Jesus said to live a holy life, but come on now, like everybody's a little bit gray. Well, Jesus said, like, without holiness, well, the scripture, maybe it was Paul, but without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And well, you know, that's just in the Bible, but do I really have to live a committed life that every decision I should be asking God about, every relationship I should be trying to bring Jesus into? Should I, should I really do that? Or can, how careful are we listening? Are we adhering to? Are we applying what Jesus told us. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. There is a consequence for sin. There is a consequence for unbelief. There is a consequence for rebellion. And partly, I've shared it before, this is why I am not a pastor that prays, God, I want you to return now, because when God returns, then the time is cut off for repentance to take place. But now as we live in a broken world, as we live in a place that has so much heartache and heartbreak, we can still pray for God's Holy Spirit to come and we can intercede on behalf that others might know his joy and his love and his hope and his peace, his salvation and the holiness that he has for us. So before Jesus returned where there is no more hope and the consequences of our unbelief, take action, we can now 
live in God's promise and listen carefully and live accordingly to what he says. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. So it's kind of a foreshadow of this is going to happen and this is happening today. This is what's taking place right now. This is why the Bible matters. This is why you attend church so you can learn how to apply what scripture says. It's not because you need to be encouraged more or you need to hear another sermon. We laughed about this on Wednesday. Like nobody needs to come to church to hear another sermon because you know Jesus loves you and be kind and serving to your neighbors. Like that's it. That's it. So why do you come to church? Well, I want to see some friends. Well, that's good. Well, I want to sing a song that it's new to me. Well, that's good. And that's not usually why people come to sing songs they don't know. But uh, it's one of those things that we want to be a place where people can understand they can belong. And then Jesus has something for them to believe. And then together, we can become who Jesus wants us to be. And this is happening now for us, not just to sit isolated in a corner and just say, oh God, please come back. But we can say together, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Not just for me, but for the person next to me, the person across from me, the person that you're putting on my mind, Lord, I need you. So God promised long ago, it's happening today. God promised long ago that he would come. It's happening today that Jesus wants us to follow him, to know him. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets. And you are, third word, included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. So the first word was, in the center of the bulletin, bottom. First word starts with T, ends with earn. First word was turn. First word was? Second word was? Refresh. Refreshing. Refreshment. First was? Second was? Third? Included. Include. Okay, so uh, Jay wants to become an occupational therapist. I was just listening to somebody, and Jay, I'm going to need you because uh, how? Hold up the number three with your fingers. Everybody, hold up the number three. How do you do it? Three, three. Okay, so this is why I need an occupational therapist because I said one is turn, two is refresh, and three is. See, I have to do three like this because I can't do. I can't do three like you guys do it. This is actually pretty close, but so I need an occupational therapist to help. So Jay, if you could help me. So anyway, so three is included, which we said, you are the children of those prophets and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. You, because you turned from the direction you were going, you turned and returned to God. You allowed God to refresh you and give you new eyes. And you are experiencing his refreshing and his refreshment because you are no longer walking that life. You are now with Jesus. He says you are included in this promise. You are included. And in, this is from the New International Version. And you are heirs of the prophets. You are included as heirs. What is an heir? Nobody says, what's on top of your head? No, that's hair. So an heir, like as uh, the queen just died. I'm sorry, Greg, I'll probably do, but I'm giving honor. But the queen just died and she had a son who is now king because he was her 
son because he was the heir to the throne. So we are included. It's not like Jesus said, well, you know, Moses, you're with me. Abraham, I really like you. Billy Graham, you know, pretty good guy. You could come too. And the rest of you guys, well, I guess you could come, but you have to sit at the kids' table. Like, you can't come to this main table where the adults, where the spiritual leaders are. You guys, you're included kind of but you know you're to be seen and not heard don't don't say anything you're supposed to sit way in the back or you know i'm glad you're here but let's keep it for the important people you are heirs we are heirs because we one turned to god because we allowed god to refresh us and to give us new eyes and a new focus that we are now included we are heirs to the promise turn refresh become included. When God raised up his servant Jesus, the humble, lowly Jesus, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. It's not, there's not a friend like the hip, cool. Uh, I don't know if Jesus would have worn those skinny jeans. I don't think he would have, but it was not like, hey, look at the celebrity Jesus. Look at the Jesus that's all over social media. Look at the Jesus that has political power and everybody knows who he is. Look at that Jesus that he's really lifted up. It's look at the servant Jesus, because in him, you can see that all mysteries are revealed in Jesus. We are hidden with Christ and God. He sent first to people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. So the fourth word is to bless you. So you turn, you become refreshed, you're included. Oh, so you can just, well, I get to sit at the table, but I got to wait for the leftovers. Uh, what's being warmed up? Or do you get the meal that's provided for Jesus, that's provided for Moses, that's provided for your uh, spiritual hero? That is for us as well, that God wants to bless you. Now, this is not, I'm told it's a Southern term of, I don't even know what the uh, word is, but it's kind of the depiction of like, oh, God bless you, pat you on the head. Like, um, it's just an expression. It doesn't carry the weight of the full meaning. It's like uh, patronize, patronize. Is that the right word? It's like, oh, God bless you. Nice try. I'm so glad you showed up today. Oh, if they would get their act together, then they could really add to this show. Oh, God bless you. You have such a kind heart. What a great personality. Oh, you need God to like refresh you so you can really get in the ball game. What if we understood that it does not mean a little patronizing, oh, bless you, but God wants us to receive his truth, receive his goodness. I did not put a slide. I apologize. It's at the bottom. It means to receive a blessing. To bless means to receive a blessing. Most of us have heard this because we've grown up in church and every pastor uses the same illustration. And instead of giving credit to the person they heard it from, over time, you forget who you heard it from. So it's yours and you actually just stole it. It's called plagiarism. Don't plagiarize in school, Kiana. That's kind of bad. Actually, it's really bad. So don't do that. But uh, when you uh, take something, it's when you receive a gift. Hey, I got a gift. 
this is awesome. I can't wait because look, I have a gift. What do you have to do with that gift? Well, open it or look for, you know, like the receipt. Cause if you don't like it, you can always take it back and it's worth something, but no, you don't do that. Well, you could do that. But with Jesus, the gift is for us to open, to experience, to have, to show, to live in, to hold us accountable. So it turns us because it holds our focus. It refreshes us because it's up to date. It's showing the truth and relevance of Jesus. Now it reminds us that we're included. It's receiving the gifts to bless us, to bring us to a point of knowing him. Sometimes we pray, God bless me. And what we're saying is, God, give me something good. And God is saying, I want to give you the blessing of conviction because that conviction is the best thing I can give you because it turns your heart. So there's no wicked way in me. Like David cried out, created me a clean heart. God says, I want to give you conviction so I can turn your heart. I can turn your love for me. I can turn that place that was cold, that's watered down, that's lukewarm. I want to turn that so to me so you can receive that blessing of conviction so I can, quote, judge you now and say, be convicted, change your ways now. This is a blessing I have for you. So when we come to the table, when we have communion, when we entertain friends and they see that we love God, they say, wow, you're human, but you still have a direction that you're going. Well, you've experienced loss and sorrow. Man, there's a faith and you call it Jesus. I just call it something different that I see in you. And you're, you're going after a faith uh, a Jesus that that I want. And it's because we must welcome conviction. We must welcome God's conviction to turn us, to refresh, renew our mind, to transform our mind. But God says he loves me, so if I really commit that sin, is it that bad? God loves me, and he's forgiven me. So if I really experience that uh, that sin, that gray area, does it really matter? Because God loves me, but the conviction says, ah, if I'm asking that question, then maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to refresh. So I, I am included, and it's awesome, but God has more. There's more to this blessing. There's more to this life. There's more to this experience than just coming so I can be happy and see friends. There's more to this experience that maybe God would use me to lead someone else in the sinner's prayer that they would know salvation. Kiana, sorry to embarrass you. Hopefully it doesn't. This is a big uh, clap round of applause. Kiana got baptized about a month ago. And it was awesome to hear stories of people. And we would say young people. It's always good to see young people. It's good to see old people get baptized too. So if you want to get baptized, Kiana's younger than you and you're older than her. So I guess you're an old person. But it's a great reminder that God is doing something that would bring him joy by our obedience. That conviction says you need to follow me. You are included, but you need to be baptized. You need to grow in your faith. You need to make a public declaration that you're following him, and that is communion. Baptism, communion. You can wash my feet, but probably you probably want to eat first, but God wants us to publicly show others and put a stake down in our own soul that we are standing for him. We've turned We've been refreshed. We're included. We're heirs. We're, we get to sit at the main table. We get to be included, and God is blessing us. 
So this is the Apostles' Creed. I changed some of the words to kind of make it more readable. But won't you read this together with me before we take communion? This is what we as believers, followers of Jesus, believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. Now I have to, I know we're at a spiritual time, but thence, like I couldn't think of a better word than thence. So Joy, you can explain to me what thence means following. Okay, thank you. So thence. Now we continue. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. And so communion I think we have enough. We're all going to take together today. So I'm just going to play a song, and you can come up when you're ready and just take the cup. It has the wafer on top, but just hold it uh, back at your seat. So don't open it and take on your own as we've done before. But everybody, uh, when you're ready, come and take, and then we'll take together. But um, this is a time for us to pray that God would convict us. Jesus, I don't want to take communion in an unworthy manner. So if there's something that's hindering my relationship with you, if there's something that's keeping me from you, like talk to me now and I, I want to get it right. And when you feel like you've repented or God's told you, hey, go get the, the cup of juice and the wafer and then come and take and then remain seated and then we'll all take together.
He was betrayed. Jesus took bread. And if you have one of these, you could take the clear thin piece off. Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said, this represents my body broken for you. This represents the reason why my father sent me was to take your place, to be your sacrifice, to let you know that you belong, that you are welcome at the table, that you are forgiven. And he said, take and eat and remember me, Jesus. As we eat this wafer, we are filled with gratitude for your sacrifice that we might have life. Take and eat. And then he took the cup. So be careful as you open it. Some you could tell have already spilled a little bit, but this is simply grape juice, the fruit of the vine. Jesus took the cup and he said, this represents my body that is going to be spilled for you. And it represents that in your lungs, in your veins, you will have my life flowing through you. You will have the hope of salvation, of eternal life, of knowing that you have great purpose because I died for you and now live in me. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for how you bless us with trials of many kinds. We thank you for conviction so that we can rely and trust and fall into your arms. We thank you that you hold us and you love us and you care about each thing that we are going through. We thank you, Father, and it's in your name we pray. Take and drink. Won't you please stand as you're able as we just dismiss? Jesus, we thank you that you see us, that you know us by name, that you call us heirs, and you know every detail about us, even the number of hairs on our head. Jesus, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. And you are dismissed.